Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 52 of the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast. Guys, today, as you're listening to this, is the one year anniversary of the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast. This little thing turns a year old today. Um, yay! <laughs> Sorry, I was going to add the... the um, the, the applause sound effect, but then I realized that's not really us, so we didn't do that. But it is really good to be with you guys. Man, I'll tell you what, this year has been really cool. I've been coaching other people on starting podcasts lately. Just more and more people are kind of coming to me saying, hey, how do I start one? How do I start one? How do I start one? Um, one of the infectious things about um having a podcast is other people feel like, Hey, I can do that too. And you really could. The advertisement you just heard for the anchor app anchor is our sponsor. And, um, they're amazing at helping you distribute your podcast to different places. They're really good about teaching you analytics about how many people are listening, how long they listen and stuff like that. They're, they're owned by Spotify. So, um, if you're a Spotify podcast listener, which a lot of you guys are, at least to this show, um, you you can get really good service through Anchor if you're wanting to start one of these guys. They say the average podcast will typically uh, fizzle out after after about six episodes, and including a bonus one, we're on 53 right now. So there you guys go. Now, um, one of the coolest things about being a podcast host in my opinion, at least, and everything on here typically becomes my opinion on this show, is um, that you get to kind of find out who you are as your show goes on, I mean, as a host. One of the things that potential podcast hosts talk to me about is they like our format that it's not very scripted. Although it is, there's bullet points involved. But it's kind of whatever we want to talk about. Sometimes it's a popular topic. Like last week we talked about the election. Um, and then other weeks it's not as much. Today is a topic that, man, I get this situation that springs up in my life pretty dang often, believe it or not. And um, as a pastor, people don't always know how to talk to a pastor. And here's the one thing that happens. And, and those of you guys who are pastors, those of you men and women who are pastors, you can relate to this situation. So you're going to a place and you're meeting a new person, um, whether it's like, I don't know, it's a waiter or waitress maybe, or it's uh, somebody you ride next to on a plane or whatever situation. But it's a social situation where someone doesn't know you. And then the person starts to be themselves. So they'll maybe, um, you know, complain about their life or whatever, talk about their kids. And then eventually they'll let a few swear words slip out. And it's just natural, normal for them to do because that's what they do. And then they'll keep talking. And at that moment, you have to make this decision. And by the way, so those of you guys who aren't in ministry, um, this may be either hilarious to you or it makes no sense to you. But you have to make this decision at that moment. Are you going to tell them what you do for a living? <laughs> like, are you going to let them know? Because they've already they've already um, cussed a bunch of times. They maybe told a crude joke or two. 
are you going to tell them what you do for a living? And in your mind, you're thinking, man, I kind of hope it doesn't come up. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to embarrass them, whatever. So you just keep talking to them and you keep talking to them. And eventually they tell you what they do. And they say, well, what do you do for a living? And you throw it out there, right? You, you say, well, I'm a pastor at blank. Um, this has happened to me so many times over the years. And the reaction is usually like this. Oh, I'm so sorry for the language I used. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for for telling that joke. Oh, I'm so sorry. You probably hear complaints all day. You don't need complaints from me. That kind of stuff. And I don't know about you if you're if you're like me and you're in the ministry or maybe someone finds out you're a Christian somehow and this is the exact story for you. But I don't know about you, but for me I always crack the biggest smile and say, it is totally okay. Like, this is not a big deal at all. Like, you, you know what I mean? Um, and usually it smooths over well. But after that, they're just very careful. This actually happened to me twice last week. <laughs> uh, the first one was I went to my favorite barber shop in the world. If you follow me on social media at all, you know which one it is. Um, it's a uh, True Cuts. It's in Lambertville, Michigan, and I absolutely—sorry, oh, Temperance, Michigan—and um, I absolutely love True Cuts. Um, if you are in the Toledo, Ohio area, and you're a male, especially, if you want your haircut, go to True Cuts. These guys are amazing. A bunch of them are awesome Christian men. Um, many of them. Some of these guys are from Syria. Some of these guys are from Iraq. These guys are such amazing dudes, man. Like, it's so good. And they have a lot of female hairdressers as well, or haircut artists. Or it, it, Those of you guys who are in the cosmetology profession, let me know what I'm supposed to call them. I, I say barbers, but I don't know. Anyway, um, but I was getting my haircut by somebody new. They have a lot of new employed barbers because their business is growing so much. And this person's cutting my hair, and we're actually talking about the school system, a virtual schooling, how it's, if it's working or not working, that kind of thing. And then this person just starts swearing a lot as they're talking to me. And I am just participating in the conversation. I'm not swearing too, chill, but, um, but I'm participating in the conversation. You know, I'm, I'm adding this, that, the other, they say something I think is funny. I laugh, whatever, that kind of thing. And we're going on and on and on. And then eventually it gets to what I do for a living. Now, most of the barbers employed in this barbershop know what I do for a living. Many of them call me the pastor because I've been coming there since opening day. And they will talk to me about spiritual stuff when I get my hair cut and all that kind of stuff. So I'm used to it. But this person was new, only been there about a month, never didn't know this about me. So as so they keep swearing. And then, by the way, one or two barbers, I, I noticed we're giving them kind of a look like, Eh, don't do that. Eh, don't do that because they knew who I was. But anyway, so we're going through this, all this kind of stuff. And then eventually this person says, hey, so what do you do for a living anyway? Because, you know, it was it was because um, I I had youth group that night. It was a Wednesday. And, you know, so like, what are you out doing? I like run errands for work and so like that. What do you do? And then I had to say I'm a pastor. And this person, um, I'm not going to say it's a man or woman because I don't want to embarrass the person, whatever. But um, this person was like devastated they're like i am so sorry for for saying this this and this and i was straight up like it's okay i didn't even notice because mostly i didn't notice and when i say didn't notice it's not that i didn't hear things i noticed conversations i participate in conversations but i didn't notice that that because when someone is is themselves in front of me i think it's charming 
the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever. It's just charming when someone is straight up. This is who I am. Let's talk. That's what you want, right? That's what you want. Um, later on in the week, uh, I got a tattoo. I, I have three tattoos now. I got a tattoo. It's actually of the logo from the Arrow EP by Annie Minio. It's all about mental health, depression, Jesus. Uh, it's Anyway, I got a tattoo of it. And my tattoo artist is a guy that works at a local tattoo shop. Um, he actually listens to this show, so he knows who he is. <laughs> but anyway, he's amazing. But anyway, um, I'm getting a tattoo by him. Now, he's not like a straight-up believer like me, you know, familiar with scripture, talk scripture, whatever. But anyway, we're in there, and he knows who I am because this is my second tattoo he's done for me. And um, he starts swearing whatever, and I smile from ear to ear because... He knows who I am and he knows that it doesn't phase me like you do you I do me we're friends we can talk about comic books we can talk about art we can talk about whatever you want you know we can talk about politics we talked a lot of politics by the way because um, <laughs> he has big opinions of me too uh, but anyway but it didn't phase me my whole ministry life that same scenario has played out over and over again. Here's the weird thing about being in ministry. We're one of the only jobs where people know that you're a Christian based upon you have it. Um, now, sometimes you're not and you're a pastor. And I, that's actually true. I mean, I've had I've had pastors come out to me as atheists before that were still in full-time ministry. It was, it's happened, okay? Um, they didn't stay in full-time ministry, thank the Lord, but they were. And so... I say that to say this kind of thing happens. Maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, does that mean I can swear in front of my pastor? Isn't there some sort of respect for the cloth, as they call it? Um, and to what I'd say is that's kind of a philosophy thing. Because you're not sinning against me if you're using swear words. You're not, you're not disrespecting my profession when you do that. You're really not because I want you to be you. For instance, when scripture says out of the mouth, the heart speaks, if I, typically me, if I'm very negative, if I, if I'm, you know, if my speech is not where it needs to be, typically that's because I have a very dirty heart at the moment. Um, I might be in some relationship issue with somebody I know that's, you know, that's kind of dirtied my heart up. I'm bitter. I'm I'm very pessimistic right now. So if that my speech is very clouded with, with negative terminology and things like that, that's going to be why. That's me. Um, often, if someone is a believer and they are themselves around me, they, do, they say this, they do this, whatever, it helps me. Because in some capacity, the medical profession and the ministry overlap in some capacity. And what I mean is like this. I can't help you diagnose what's spiritually broken in you if you hide that thing from me. It's like if you have a doctor's appointment, you know, you got some of you men, you refuse to go to the doctor, you're too tough, you're too tough, your wife wants you to go because you got this thing wrong with you. Well, if you went to that doctor's appointment and you didn't tell the doctor what was wrong with you. The doctor can't help you. The doctor can't suggest, I'll oh, do this instead of this. Same with like a um, physical therapist, things like that. You got to be honest. So when someone's really honest with me, what, how they're broken, that helps me. 
because it helps me know, well, try this scripture or read this book, or I'm going to pray for you in this fashion, or I'm going to come alongside you in this fashion. But if you're hiding who you are, I can't help you. Right? That's a big thing. The other big thing about being yourself around a pastor is being your, hiding is so exhausting. Like if this is where you are, that's okay. Now, let's hit let's hit up cursing for just a second because believe it or not, that has become a bit of a controversy within Christendom as they call it. Um so, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay, so um a lot of Christians I know, a lot of pastors I know, a lot of Christian leaders I know, they do like cuss, like it's a regular thing for them. I don't. My wife doesn't. Um, I'm a very big proponent. I don't think we should. I think when, when scripture points to let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, um, I when scripture points to no coarse joking, I think it literally means not to. Now, the pushback you will get every time on that is, well, the Bible doesn't mention the F word. The Bible doesn't mention this thing, this thing, this thing. So therefore, how can you diagnose that? It's one of those things, kind of like when, the, it's kind of like when um, Congress talked about what is pornography and they said, well, I can't define it, but I'll know it when I hear it or I'll see it. That's what, that's what curse words are, right? I mean, um, cursing hurts your witness. I'm a youth pastor and I can tell you that a lot of kids that won't accept your church invite if you're a teenager is because they see that your life isn't changed at all by this. And a lot of times it's swearing. It, it's If you swear just like they do, it's going to be no different. Um, I think everyone would agree that it's very hard to grow spiritually when the music you listen to is full of swearing, when the TV shows you listen to, you watch are full of swearing. It just matters because you just know it's... It's just terminology that are that is not holy. It's unbecoming of a follower of Christ. Like you just know that. And I know some of you guys, you will debate me till you're blue in the face. But my question before that debate starts is going to be, why is this the hill you want to die on? When you know scripture says not to be uh, not to have unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Why are you fighting so hard for the right to do it? Like, what is this and why is this important to you? Because you know it's going to hurt your witness in some way with other people. You know it will. Like, it's there's no doubt there. It's going to hurt your witness. So why would you do that? That's a question you're just going to have to ask people. Um, now, why is swearing in, on the uptick in our society right now? Why? Okay. Uh, here's a big reason why. TV's changed. Do you guys remember, now some of you younger folks in our audience, you, you, you have no idea what I'm talking about here, but streaming services were not always readily available. When I was growing up, you had your basic stations, you had your TNT, you had your TBS, you had your NBC, you had your ABC, you had your CBS, you had all these type of things like that, right? Your network TV, you had your Nickelodeon, you had your main network things. Now, those did not allow swearing. And if they did, maybe the D word slip, slipped out, right? But other than that, there's really nothing you, you could do. Um, unless you had parents that paid for Showtime, Cinemax, um, or HBO. Now, let's be honest, guys. Your parents didn't pay for that. 
but every once in a while you get a free preview, right? It would roll out. Remember the free previews where you get like, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday worth of that stuff. And some of you young boys, you use that to see boobs for the first time. That's what you did. And so, and so, but that's the time you heard things like that. That's the time you saw movies like that. Because otherwise you didn't really get to see them much growing up. I didn't grow up in a Christian household, but we didn't. Now, look at the content available. If you stream on Amazon Prime, which relatively not expensive to have Amazon Prime, Hulu, um, Netflix, for the most part, all of their top shows are almost all laden with sexual content and laden with lots and lots of foul language. So it's in everything we have. It's natural. Um, I'm. This is a podcast that you're listening to right now. If you click on most of the popular podcasts out there, like Joe Rogan, things like that, F word and things like that, it is not uncommon to hear that in regular speech. You'll even, maybe you're like me, but you want, you love a podcast but you want to listen to it with your kids in the car. So you're like, so so what a po- the content a podcast uses really messes with you because you're like, what the heck, man? Like, I just want... I just want to be able to listen to this with my kids in the car. They're telling awesome stories. They're maybe they're reliving history, whatever. Why the heck does this guy have to drop the F-bomb or the S-H word or whatever we say? Why does that have to happen? I just want to drive my kids to school and listen to this. What the heck, guys? And you get upset and you're like... What's the point of limiting your audience just so you can say that word? Like, you think about stuff like that as parents. We do. We we think about stuff like this. Now, the argument could be made, why are you listening to it to begin with? That's a great question. That's for another episode. But that kind of thing ruins it, doesn't it? Like, it soils it, that, that sort of language, content. You ever watch a movie and you're like, you remember it from when you were a kid and you really want to watch it with your kids and you find out, man, that is a filthy movie, but you didn't know when you were a kid. Maybe because like me, you saw it on TBS or TNT where they edited out all that stuff. Or maybe you just don't remember because you were just kind of desensitized because you saw it, you saw it as a preteen and you're like, uh, who cares? That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. And now you're a parent and you're like, my preteen ain't watching that. That's the kind of stuff you think about isn't it? As you get older, as you grow, that's the kind of stuff that just sticks in your brain. You're like, but I don't want to be that way. Maybe it's just been normalized so much. It's second nature. Maybe it is. I don't know. But we have to be different than the world, don't we? Now, here's the question, though. Why is it okay to be yourself around a pastor? Other than the whole thing of, well, they're like a doctor, they can diagnose you, whatever. And the reason is, is because if your pastor understands scripture, which I prayed they do, they understand this very important thing. And we're gonna do a whole episode about this again sometime soon. Um, There are no good people. Now, wait a minute, what did he just say? Do I need to like click the 15 second reverse on this? No, you aren't good inherently you're not good like left to your own devices you're going to attempt to be moral but you're going to be a massive hypocrite and you're not going to obey anything so when a pastor or a christian sees someone sin they don't go oh my gosh they go well yeah because that's what we are apart from the power of god apart from apart from the, the the empowerment of the holy spirit we're going to be sinners we're going to rebel i mean we're just going to that's how we work Jesus was once talking to a man and the man began to speak to him and he said, good teacher. And Jesus slows his roll. He goes, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Why'd you call me good? Isn't only God good? Because God is sinless. God is perfect. We're not. We do some messed up stuff. The gospel is a freeing thing because according to the gospel, I am a sinner. I am not righteous. The things I do when I'm not preaching, teaching, leading, speaking on a podcast are messed up. I do stuff that's just messed up. And if you knew about them, you'd be like, oh my gosh. Think about this way. Think of your church staff. Who in the Bible could work on your church staff at your church? Moses, the guy who um, murdered a dude and then buried the body to hide it. Uh, Noah, who um, was very obedient to God up until the ark lands and then he gets butt naked and drunk and throws a curse at his kids. Uh, David, you want David next to your wife sometime? Good looking little dude that wants everybody else's wife and concubines and stuff like that. Think of people's real life. The heroes of the Bible are not good. When you see someone else sin, you know they're not good. The believer's job is to see another believer sin and help them out of that. Right? We, we help them out of that because we don't want it to become a lifestyle. A mess up, sure, but we don't want to become a lifestyle because all sin is things that God knows are a bad idea. So we help another believer through that. So you're not good. Now, a statement like you're not good flies in the face of a lot of things. Um, self-help, right? Self-help books in industry like Tony Robbins and, and The Secret and all that stuff. Well, that tells you you're good. Uh, Joel Steen, he constantly tells you, well, you're good. Stevie Furtick tells you you're good, right? Now, Stephen Furtick does a good job telling you God's good, but man, he lumps praise on you that you're good, doesn't he? And, And there's many like that. There's many, many like that that tell you, well, you're good. Graduation ceremonies. You ever been to a graduation ceremony? It's a constant prop up like you're awesome, you're good, you're amazing. Women's ministry in the church bad women's ministry not good women's ministry like um this this girl megan rollins i know she does thing called the bold movement which by the way she has a bold is podcast guys it's ridiculously good subscribe to the bold is podcast today by megan rollins and it'll be your favorite podcast way better than this one but women's ministry done badly is girl you got this you're amazing you are enough you're strong enough you can do what you want but here's the problem the bible doesn't point us that direction does it good women's ministry is this right um who is god what is the bible we ask questions like the most the the question with the biggest fallacy built in that every person wants to know is Why do bad things happen to good people when you have a God that says, dude, there are no good people. Like, we're not good. But if that hurts your self-esteem, understand that it should build up your self-esteem. Because here's why, guys. It should build up your self-esteem based on this little fact. And this is important, okay? It frees you from being perfect all the dang time, Christian. Knowing that God gave you his righteousness and took away the penalty of your sin frees you up. Knowing that you are now his son and his daughter, it frees you up from all the anxiety of screwing up because you do screw up. That's the point of Christ's death. If I'm good and you're good, why the cross happened? We're not good. So when you curse or you tell a joke or you 
steal, cheat, whatever the heck you, whatever your sin thing is in front of a pastor, understand that if your pastor knows the scripture, and I pray your pastor knows their scripture, they're like, well, yeah, that's what we do. Now, is it awful for me to say it's kind of charming when people sit in front of me? No, especially if they're, um, especially if they're a believer. Um, it, I don't think it's wrong, you know, to say it's charming because, because I'm like, dude, you are so real. Now we can be in community. Now we can know each other. Now you can hold me up as I hold you up. That's how the church works. Anyway, guys, thank you for this first year of the 100 Foot Jesus podcast. Please um, leave us uh, leave us a review um, wherever you listen to your podcast. That would be great. Uh, let's carry on this conversation. And pastors out there, hit me up. Tell me your stories about people swearing in front of you and how weird they got. I would love that discussion to happen. Anyway, guys, thank you for making us part of your week. And I hope you have an amazing day.